putting it on the website as well in case you aren't able to get physical copies. So I'm just going to take a minute here. I'm going to go through. Um, this is more for those who are actually going to be participating with us. But I know if I don't go through it with you now, you may not read it later. Because <laughs> I know human nature. Amen. So we're going to quickly go through this uh, first sheet, and then we'll get to the word of the Lord in a moment. But I think it's very important that we are wise about our time of fasting, and we maximize it. Because who wants to waste their time? No one, right? Especially fasting. (laughs) You don't want to waste it. It's kind of like a trial. You don't want to have to go back through the same one because you didn't learn your lesson. So um, I just have this paper. You can add to your notebooks. I have copies Uh, But go through it quickly here. We want to make sure we're preparing. And next Sunday, a week from today, will be our first day of the fast. So some things to prepare this week for next week. Uh, Number one, spiritual preparation. Uh, Identify what we would most like... uh, Excuse me, I'll start over. Can't talk. Identify what you would most like to see changed in your life during the fast. And I believe that as we enter into this time of fasting, God's going to change each of us. He's going to change our hearts. He's going to change our minds. And He's going to transform us and renew us. So we need to identify something during this week that we want to see changed in us. Because it helps to have that focus. And also it helps later to be able to look back and testify and encourage yourself in what God did. Also, um, choose a Bible reading program. We'll be giving out daily devotionals each week. That you can um, follow along with us. But also in addition to that. I encourage you to be reading the Bible more. Than you usually do. Consume as much of the word of God as you can. Every single day. As we talked about Thursday. A caterpillar has one goal. And that's eat, 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 eat. Because they're looking to have enough food. For their transformation. And becoming a butterfly. And we want to have the attitude for the word of God. Eat as much as you can. Um, Set aside time every day for um, just the word. Uh, No media, no Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, movies, television, etc. Just the word. Amen. And then uh, also ask a friend or family member to be accountable with you and to pray with you because we need to do this together. Um, There's more details in here, um, but I'm just wanting to get through it quickly. Another thing is purchase a journal to record things or simply put some paper in the notebook because we want to be able to keep track of what the Lord does. And finally, physical preparation. We want to be smart about fasting, okay? Wise about it. This is, I'm taking time for it because it's not a small undertaking. 21 days is a long time, okay? To have a restricted diet. And so we want to, number one, we want to, we want to ease ourselves into the fast uh, in the coming week. Try to start cutting back on some meats, sugars, sources of caffeine, things like that. Start cutting back now so next Sunday it won't hit you all at once like a Mack truck and run you over. And uh, I do include in here um, one thing about caffeine is if it may be pretty severe because some of us drink a lot of coffee, okay? And uh, I would rather... If you get to the place where your headache's too severe or something, I'd rather you drink a little bit of coffee and keep fasting than throw the whole thing away for sake of coffee. Does that make sense? So, uh, you know, don't do it because a pumpkin spice latte sounds too good. But if you're 
you can't handle the headache and you're at work and you want to keep your job and be a good representative of the Lord and not bite people's heads off. Sneak a little bit of coffee or something. Because uh, we can be, like I said, be wise about it. And uh, one thing that will help a lot is if you start eating a lot of fruits and vegetables now and you drink a lot of water. Um, during the fast, depending on your weight, it's good to drink between 6 and 20 cups of water a day. So something to get used to. A couple more things and we'll move to the message. Um, number two is you need to plan your meals for the first week. Preparation is the key. If you are hungry and you do not have meals prepared, what are you going to do? You're going to eat whatever, right? We're used to microwave. We're used to drive through. So get your meals planned ahead of time. Um, it would be a good idea to detail a grocery list and get those groceries purchased by, sun, by Saturday evening sometime so you can start the next day with all your groceries, your meals planned out. There's meal planner um, in your notebook with uh, space for each meal of the day for three days, or excuse me, for all the days of the week. So we want to be prepared. And finally, um, share meals and ideas with other people in the church. Continue to collaborate with each other about recipes and um, things that are working out. Maybe even get together and cook together and share your uh, resources. So um, I believe one of the great benefits of this fast is it's going to bring us closer as a church as we're all um, working together to see the Lord move. Amen? And that is why we're doing it. We're, we're not just uh, wanting to be healthier, although that's a part of it. Um, that's a, a benefit of it. But we're wanting to see a spiritual breakthrough. Amen? And uh, I'm going to be citing a lot of things today from... I'm just going to tell the name of the book instead of telling you every time I'm citing something from the book. But it's um, called Fasting for a Spiritual Breakthrough by Elmer Towns. And as you can see this tag right here, you can get this bargain price right now at Lifeway for six ninety seven. So um, compared to fourteen ninety nine regular pricing. So great deal. And uh, I have to give Elmer, Brother Elmer Towns a plug because uh, I'm using his book today. Amen. We're going to begin with a couple of verses. And I believe the Lord's going to talk to us today, even though we hit the brakes there for a minute to discuss those things because it's important that we are practical and we are wise in, in approaching these things and we're not just running into it uh, like crazy people. Uh, it's not wise to run into battle with all passion and no understanding, right? It would be, uh, it might sound good and it might make for a good story or something, but just running face long into an enemy is not the best approach. Prepare a little bit, figure out how you're going to conquer and then approach. Okay, so we're developing strategies. So we're fasting for a spiritual breakthrough. Matthew seventeen nineteen through 21. Matthew seventeen nineteen through 21. And again, I don't, I understand, I just want to say one more time, if you cannot do the full Daniel fast, you can fast something, and you can do the prayer and devotionals that go along with what we're doing, because the Lord can still work through that. Okay? It's just because you can't do the, the full food fast, the Lord will still bless you and bless us as a church as you dedicate time to prayer and studying the Word of God. 
because that's what transforms us. Uh, Matthew 17, 19 through 21 says, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast them out? And read from the King James Version first and then the Amplified. Verse 20 says, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. They cannot cast him out because of their unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you Howbeit this kind goeth not out by, by prayer and fasting and the amplified version says then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked why could we not drive it out again speaking of being able to drive a demonic spirit out he answered because of your little faith your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God For I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And if it is God's will, that's an important thing, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting does not change God. It changes us. We're not entering to a season of prayer and fasting to change God's mind to do what we want Him to do. We're entering a season of prayer and fasting to change our minds into doing what God wants us to do. Prayer and fasting silences the mind of man and gives us the mind of Christ. Amen? It changes us. When we have the mind of Christ, fear, doubt, and unbelief are conquered as we begin to walk in faith, victory, life, and love. We experience great breakthroughs when we fast. When we say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit, God always blesses us. And today we're going to examine some breakthroughs that come when we fast. We're going to look at nine different fasts. Galatians 6, 9 comes to mind. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We may grow weary, or I probably should say we will grow weary at times in the coming weeks of the inconvenience and the crucifying of our flesh, but it is worth it. It is worth it. Anything of great value comes with a price. And we need to be willing to sacrifice to see God's will be done. Amen. The breakthrough on the other side of the fast will make it worth it all. But I have to encourage us today at the very outset to hold on. Don't give up. Amen. Nothing good comes cheap. And we need to be willing to pay the price for a breakthrough that comes only by prayer and fasting. Amen. Why don't we just go to the Lord um, in prayer right now, ask Him to be with us. Um, Lord Jesus, we are thankful for Your Word today. We're thankful for the wisdom and the instruction of Your Word. We're thankful that it tells us how we ought to live this life. That, Lord, there's a lot of different opinions, but Your Word is true. Your Word is always true. And so today I pray that Your Word would be a seed in our hearts. That it would grow, Lord, as a, the, the faith as of a grain of mustard seed. 
That that mustard seed does not stay small. It begins small, but it grows and it flowers into a, a much, much, much larger and exponentially larger thing. In the same with our faith today, I believe that you want it to grow. Having the faith as of a grain of mustard seed doesn't mean it's going to be small always. But it means you want it to be germinated. You want it to grow. You want it to flourish. You want it to take on a life that would grow, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that as we examine your word, as we examine the principles of your word today, you would cause our faith to grow. You'll cause us to believe you for greater things than we've ever believed you before. They will take the limits off of you. They will stop thinking those thoughts of unbelief and those stop letting the, the cares and the anxieties of life choke out the faith of your word in our lives and in our hearts. That we would go forth with greater faith, greater understanding than we've ever had before, Jesus. Because we need you in these last days more than ever before. And Lord, we ask that you'll do this work today in us in the following weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I believe God is going to do it. Amen. As we surrender, He will bless. Amen. There may be a fair question you have on your mind today, and that's simply, why fast? Isn't that something that was good for Bible times, but not so much anymore? Are we needlessly denying ourselves for no reason? There's some reasons that are outlined in this book. It says we are to fast, number one, because more than ever before, believers are in bondage to demonic powers and need strength to stand against sin. Because believers throughout the world need solutions to many complex problems and threatening situations that we are facing. Because the church is in desperate need of revival. We desperately need revival. We need to see the power of God more in our services. More in our daily lives. More in our homes. More in the grocery store. More walking down the street. We need to see revival in our lives. We need more than a form of religion where we talk about how awesome God is and what He could do and we need to start seeing it happen. So that we're not talking about yesteryear, but we're talking about what God is doing right now. We are in desperate need of revival. Every tribe and tongue and nation is in need of evangelizing today. And different than just going beyond the realms of Beaverton like we talked about earlier and going around the world, we can reach our world right here. Because right in the city of Beaverton are people from many nations coming from all over the world and we must be willing to treat them all with love and respect and share the gospel. We must not be a respecter of persons in any way, shape, or form, but love everyone from everywhere with all of our heart. Amen? We need to fast because the world in general and the church in particular is crying out for people with character and integrity. People who have found 
Christ to be someone who can overcome emotional damages and wounds in their life. Someone who can tell them that Christ has given me strength to overcome sin and destructive habits. They need someone to look to as an example. And that victory only comes in our lives through prayer and fasting. Because the abundance of food has insulated North America and their believers from the realities of starvation and malnutrition in two-thirds of our world. We need to fast because the media has so captured our attention that even believers are operating according to principles completely alien to God's will for our lives. The media is leading us astray. And fasting and prayer brings us back to the path that we need to walk along. Because the abundance of food and medical technology in North America does not necessarily mean that we are healthier. We need to learn to discipline ourselves in our eating habits. I knew that would go over well. We need to fast because a great many of believers have become so entangled in economic and social pursuits, they need to be set free to establish their influence in others for Christ. Because a growing influence of demonic forces and waning influence of biblical Christianity in North America, the fact that we need protection from the evil one. Because the unity of the church and the biblical model for the family are under intense attack. And now, unfortunately, in some ways, even in America, that is the case. But fasting helps break the yoke of those things that cause disunity. Fasting destroys our selfish and individualistic mindset and gives us a desire to be living in harmony with one another. Amen. That's just a few reasons we need to fast today. And we'll address these things through the daily devotionals. We will pray about these things. We'll ask God for His help about these things. And I believe He will give it. And the author, again, of this book, he outlines nine different kind of fasts, and we're going to do them all in one. Okay? We're only going to do the Daniel fast, but we can incorporate the principles of these other fasts in our daily devotion. Number one, the disciples fast. We read the verse earlier about this kind comes only by prayer and fasting. The purpose of this fast is to loose the bands of wickedness. To free ourselves and others from the addiction of sin. We need God's help to free us. We're not strong enough to loose our chains on our own. We need God to help us. And as we consecrate ourselves to the power of God, we will see victory. Victory will not come by trying harder in the flesh. Victory will not come by looking in the mirror and saying, I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Victory will come as we humbly surrender ourselves to God. As we humbly seek His face. And fasting also helps us not only to identify obvious sins in our life, but those things that maybe hinder us 
that may not be so sinful in themselves, but they're hindering us nonetheless. They're taking up our time. They're stealing our devotion to God. The Spirit will reveal us those things as we go through this fast. Allow the Spirit to guide you during this time and lay aside the weights and the sins that He identifies in our lives. Don't justify it. Set it down. Amen? Set it down. The Ezra fast, the purpose of the Ezra fast was to undo the heavy burdens. Amen? We all feel the, the heaviness of the loads of this life at times. We all see the barriers in front of us that keep us from being and going where we want to go. But God gives us the ability through times of prayer and fasting to overcome those things. Most namely, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength today. Without the joy of the Lord, we lose heart. We lose motivation. We lose desire. We need to be walking in joy. Praying and fasting restores the joy of the Lord to us because it gives us a chance to humble ourselves, to repent, and to say, Lord, I'm giving myself to You in a fresh way, in a new way. I'm consecrating myself again. And when we do that, the oil of joy replaces mourning and sorrow. The weeping that endures during fasting it only endures for a night, but then in the morning on the other side, there is great joy. There is laughter and there is dancing as we are once again filled with the joy of the Lord. Sometimes what we need is just a little bit of joy. The Samuel fast is purpose to let the oppressed go free. Because it's not only about us, but it's about them out there. It's about all those outside of the body of Christ that are oppressed today. It's about all those who are in darkness and are blinded by Satan and the God of this world. We need to pray for our city and our nation. We need to pray that the Lord's presence would be exalted to a place of top priority. It is not enough for us to celebrate in our salvation and just make heaven our home, but we have work to do. We need to reach those around us. We need to take every opportunity to reach the lost. And fasting will give us the heart of God, resulting in being moved with compassion for the lost. We'll push past the inhibitions. We won't let things stand in our way, but we'll press past. Sometimes we, we count the littlest things as too much of an inconvenience to share the gospel. Sometimes we get too intimidated over someone maybe saying no or someone, someone saying, I don't, I'm not interested in that, and we pass up an opportunity to share the gospel. Prayer and fasting gets us to a place where we push past those hindrances and we are, in, we are moving in the heart of God. The Elisha fast was a fast that was done to break the yoke. Conquering the mental and emotional problems that seek to control our lives. And instead giving God control. Elijah was in a state of fear and depression. He was stressed out and he was anxious. He was frozen in place by a fear of being killed. So he went on a fast to restore his faith in God. And the Lord ministered to him in the wilderness and gave him strength to overcome.
Fasting will change the way we think. And it will teach us to respond correctly with our emotions. We all need better control of our emotions and our thoughts. We don't need to be slaves to our emotions. We don't need to be slaves to our thoughts. But we need to take those things into captivity. And we need to take on the mind of Christ. Amen. We are not children of fear. We're not children of anxiety. We're not children of stress, anger, depression, or otherwise. Though we may struggle with those things from time to time, we are not to let ourselves be enslaved by those things. We are to pray for victory, and victory comes as we pray and as we fast. The widow's fast, she shared the bread with the hungry. Fasting reminds us to share with others, to care for the poor, to be a humanitarian. Elijah was ministered to by the starving widow. She had enough for one last meal. She was going to eat it and die. But she took time to give to someone else. And as a result, we know the Lord made it to where she never had to do without. She miraculously had just enough for another meal. Because God always rewards our sacrifice for others. When we pray, when we fast, it reminds us of the needs of others. When we're not able to just quickly meet our every gratification, we're not just quickly able to to run and buy something and eat it as quickly as we want to. We may not think ourselves rich, but most of us can drive somewhere and buy something on a whim. Most of us can... can stop by Starbucks and go through the drive-thru and get a coffee or a snack or something else that we enjoy. As soon as we want it, we can have it. But by prayer and fasting and denying ourselves, we realize that not everybody is so blessed. And there are people all around us, even in America, who are in great need. We'll do more for the homeless. We'll do more for the hungry. We'll do more to show the love of Jesus in word and in deed as we pray and fast. The Paul fast with the purpose was to allow the light to break forth like the morning, Isaiah 58 says, to help our understanding as we make important decisions. Fasting and prayer has a way of giving us clarity and direction. Most of us know the story, but Paul was on his way to persecute more Christians in Damascus But a bright light shone from heaven and struck him down. The Lord spoke to Paul about who he was. Paul was not only struck down, but he was blinded physically. And for three days he did not eat food, but he just prayed and sought God. He understood now, knowing who Jesus was, that his life would need to change completely. He wouldn't just be tweaking a few things here or there. He had to change everything. And so he knew where to turn. He turned to God. Amen. When we have important decisions, some of us have those even now, we need not to lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him. Consult Him. Ask Him, Lord, what would you have me to do? Instead of how we so often arrogantly make decisions without ever once uttering a prayer, Lord, what would you have me to do? 
He lists the fast that we're specifically focusing on, the Daniel fast. He highlights primarily the the healthy aspect it brings to us in our physical bodies. As we've talked about, it's going to benefit our mind, body, and soul. All of man is benefited when we partake in the Daniel fast. And we'll be doing these other principles. We'll be talking about all the other things we're talking about here. We'll combine those in this fast. But we, we can also acknowledge that it is going to help us physically. And though most of us will probably go back to eating somewhat like we used to eat before, hopefully not all the way. Hopefully we'll carry some of these disciplines forward and we'll eat more vegetables, we eat more fruit because we don't talk about it a whole lot, but our physical well-being affects us in our pursuit of doing the will of God. Because it's hard to do His will if we're not strong physically. Amen? So the Lord wants us, He wants to help us maybe even change some of the things we do in our approach to eating and the way we take care of our bodies. Number eight, John the Baptist. The John the Baptist fast. John the Baptist was a very unusual man who gave himself completely to the call of God. No one could accuse John of not being dedicated. Among other things, he avoided wine and strong drink. He wore camel's hair and he ate locusts and honey. His calling was to prepare people for entrance to the kingdom of God. To call them to a place of repentance so that the King of kings and the Lord of lords could enter into their hearts. He was like the men of old who went before a king in the wilderness in a previously untraveled way and would clear out a path for the king to enter on. To make a road where there was no road. To smooth out the rough places. To lift up the valleys and to lay low the hills. So that the king could come and enter through there. And that's what repentance is going to do in our lives. The first week of the fast will be all about repentance. God change me. Because none of the other things are going to happen until I'm changed. Until I allow God to come into me and change me. But once I'm changed, I need to do something about it. I need to open the way for others to be changed. I need to learn to have the ministry of John where I teach others to clear out the obstacles, to remove the barriers that are inhibiting Jesus from having access to their hearts. Our heart should always have a throne for Him to dwell and a road for Him to access at any time and any moment of our lives. And prayer and fasting helps us to humble ourselves to where God can enter in freely. And I ask you today, is there anything in the way? Amen. Is anything stopping Jesus from entering your heart? Is there anything stopping the King of Kings from having access to your life? If you don't see it now during the first week of the fast... The Lord will reveal barriers. And it's our job to remove those barriers. Amen. God won't remove them. He'll help us if we ask. But He won't, against our will, remove anything. 
The Esther fast was a fast for the Lord's protection from evil. It's funny to me how the enemy tries to intimidate us. And maybe you haven't lived for the Lord long enough to have something like this happen, but the enemy will intimidate you and try to scare you from doing God's will. He'll make threats about things that will happen to you. But you know what the irony is? He wants to do that anyways. So you can either have him try to destroy you and be doing everything you can to do God's will, or you can let him destroy you while you do nothing. He's going to try either way. Esther was in a place where her people were in trouble. She decided to go ahead and risk her life by entering the court of Xerxes and soliciting his protection for her people. She could have been executed lawfully for entering without permission. And so she said to her attendants and to her family, fast with me for three days that the Lord would protect me. She was okay with whatever happened, but she was wise enough to consult God for his protection. Amen. We would be, again, lying to ourselves if we act like it's not a dangerous day. And we have to acknowledge both type of angels. A lot of people are always acknowledging the good angels, right? And then they'll tell you it's weird to think about the bad angels, the fallen angels. But we face a battle. And Satan doesn't care if he gets the credit or not. But there's a lot of times in our lives where things are going to try to enter to our minds, enter our spirits, enter our thoughts, enter our hearts, and they're going to try to steal what we have from God. And if we are not seeking God's protection, we are easy prey. I'm not smart enough to make it to heaven. I'm not strong enough to make it to heaven by myself. I don't have it all figured out. I have to every day ask God for His protection, for His help. And by praying and fasting, we're admitting, I don't have it all together. I need God's help. We need Him more than ever before. But we can have confidence as we seek Him that He will protect those who ask for his help. The Bible says, do not fear for what man can do to you, but fear God who's able to both destroy body and soul. If God be for us, who can be against us? When we humble ourselves in fasting and in prayer, we rely on his protection. No weapon formed against us will ever prosper. But we have to make a choice, don't we? We have to make a choice. Just ask John. He's the only disciple who wasn't martyred for his faith. But it wasn't for a lack of trying. 
They dipped him in a boiling vat of oil. I guess they thought John was fit to be deep fried. But you know what? To no avail because God's hand was on him. The work that John was to do was not yet done. And so God protected him. They couldn't kill him, so they exiled him to an island of Patmos where on this rugged and bare island in the Aegean Sea, he wrote the book of Revelation as instructed by the Spirit of God that gives us instruction today. Okay, again, what's my point? God can protect us. The enemy wants to destroy us. He's going to try to destroy us. But if we will submit ourselves to God, He cannot do it. As scary as He is without God's help, He is a toothless lion if God is on our side. But we better make sure God's on our side because if we don't, we'll be a nice meal for the lion. We must make sure that we are submitted to God. Amen. But as we do, God will protect us. Amen. If we could stand today.